Hello again, this is Brian Martins, and you're listening to The Spoken Symbol. The Spoken Symbol is a poetry podcast that brings awareness, transformation, and deep intuition into your life. Once upon a time, there was a story about the universe, and it began with words spoken. There was nothing else except spoken words. These words became symbols, and these symbols were crafted to have meaning. People continued to craft words that had meaning, and they built their world upon these meanings. Poetry is a time-honored symbol for us as humans. We choose to inform our inner and outer lives with meaning through the sound of poetry. Please join me in the listening of poetry. Open all your senses to the meaning that poets give to our world. Relax, take a deep breath, allow yourself to be transported by the metaphorical language of poetry. Magic happens once upon a time. So thanks for listening and this podcast and the article I write on medium.com will sort of put closure to the Pond Farm Chronicles. I call it the Pond Farm Chronicles wrap-up. So the 14 days since I left Pond Farm have been integration time for me and Integration is very important when we have a, a project or a process that we're going through. And, and normally I've noticed I don't spend a lot of time on integration. Uh, but being gone a month and changing environments and then coming back and uh, the rain and the floods all, you know, I had to take more time to integrate. Um, and integration is not something you accomplish. You know, it's a process you allow to happen, and it's really on its own timeline. Um, but this time, the, the integration process was front and center, and I had to be more aware of what had changed in my life, what were some of the outcomes, and what were some of the possible next steps. And so I realized that, you know, in some of my research that... <clears throat> Uh, integration is, is really one of the, the uni, you know, universal life forces, uh, along with dynamism and magnetism. So those three are all important for a project. Uh, dynamism, you know, the first, initiates or moves the experience forward, and it's used for expansion and growth. Magnetism is, is the second, which is more for opening, receiving, and deepening our experience. And finally, the integration is used to apply, synthesize, and consolidate the experience. And in all my work with creativity, these three principles are necessary for any creative project. So in a creative project, the dynamic part of our nature must initiate or generate the project. Then our magnetic nature must draw in supplies, resources, and opportunities to enhance and further the project. And then the integrative energy supports, synthesizes, and produces and actualizes the final product or project. So these universal forces you know, can help us understand the rhythms of life and, and guide us in ways that accelerate you know, our learning and our creativity. And once we get in alignment with these universal forces, our creativity can move faster and smoother. 
So if we jump to magnetizing or magnetizing our project first without a clear focus of where to start or how to generate the project, we may not have a clear idea of where we are going. And then likewise, if we jump from initiating to integrating, we may miss out on the opportunities and resources that take time to develop and show themselves if we, if we leave out the, the magnetic part of the process. So these universal energies work and flow because the universe, of course, has a proven track record of millions of years. We know that nature moves medium to slow, which allows for all the unseen forces to accumulate and enhance the ongoing project and the development of the project and our own development. So this, this article and podcast are really kind of bringing a bit of closure to the pond farm experience, not, not all um, the closure, because like any process, uh, any event, uh, we're still working that. It's, it's in our subconscious. For a long time, we're still working it. So, but this is, you know, the outward closure of, of the chronicles and my experience there. And one event that stands out probably the most for me out of this experience was the drive home through Guerneville after the flood. And I'd been isolated in the cabin for a couple days because the roads to Guerneville were closed due to the flood. And even Sweetwater Springs Road was closed, which was another way out by the way of Westside Road to River Road. That was also closed for a portion of the time and I'd been listening to the radio for days. I didn't have TV, but you know, to comprehend what was happening and when the, the roads may be open to go get supplies. So nevertheless, driving through Grenville was a shock. The garbage, the mud, the debris, and the mood of the area was, was impacting me. I could feel it. Um, you know, the strong human spirit was was already busy cleaning up and moving forward, and yet there was also a mood of despair and loss in the air that, from what had happened. And I felt gratitude for my own family's safety and that my home was spared and was not impacted. And yet the damage and weather reports continued for days. And after a couple of days, I stopped listening to the radio and the, the television reports because it, it kept affecting me. And I know we all react to devastation and loss differently. And I just realized I, was, realized I was sensitive to that process and I needed to you know, move on with my life and help as I could. Um, and besides, we all know that the media's reporting is often in loops and it continues the same story, the same video. So it was not helping my emotional system to to be bombarded that day after day. So then I finally, you know, got outside, listened to music, or met with some friends, you know, to change my environment. But thinking about that, it, it brought up words that I thought about, and I thought about the difference between the words sympathy and empathy. And what I found is empathy may have four conditions first condition is, is not being judgmental about the situation. And that can be difficult for us because 
I know for myself, sometimes I want to elevate myself above, elevate myself above that that situation, that loss, that problem, um, and not see myself in the same predicament. Another condition is to see this situation from the other person's perspective, which of course takes patience to look and see how how we really we are the same as them, and understand how we could have arrived at that same place, also to share that with them. And then another condition is recognize the emotion that is being expressed by the person due to the condition. And finally, feeling the community, um, finally communicating that emotion that we felt with them and not separating ourselves from them or the emotion, which is a key part in that. And this isn't easy, you know, it takes, you know, vulnerability. We have to be vulnerable to feel that emotion the other person is feeling. And when we can empathize and feel the emotion of the other person, we're in it and, and we don't feel comfortable because we've all been there. We all know what certain situations or loss can feel like and it's, it's not comfortable. But this is why em empathy is so special and important. We are sacrificing our own well-being in that moment to be with them. It is a vulnerable choice because we have to recognize that emotion in ourselves and what it has, what it has done to us to really know how to connect with them and really to know the, what they're feeling. On the other side, of course, is the word sympathy. And sympathy is not wrong. And we have learned over time that we can take a larger step towards the other person, not just say we're sorry. I mean, often we hear people say, well, at least, well, at least you're alive, or at least you have insurance, or worse yet, at least there are only a few people harmed by the, the flood or the situation or the fire. And this is not sympathy or empathy. It is really confused thinking if you are looking to support the other person. And really, rarely can any response make the person feel better. They're in such a state that whatever you say can really make them feel a lot better. But empathy goes a lot closer to that. People don't want a silver lining around their situation. They want to be felt and heard. Empathy fuels connection while sympathy can disperse connection. To be empathetic, we can look at our biases, we can show curiosity, we can have patience, we can walk in the other person's shoes, and we can think about our own heart's response and choose a different response than you usually give. We must be more than sorry to be an effective listener and a friend. And maybe the biggest reason to use more empathy is that we know what we feel even if it's hard to express it. And we can feel when someone's not sharing our loss or discomfort. Somehow we know in a deep place when our cries for help are not heard and when they are passed over with just a casual remark. If we were in that situation, we, want the, we would want the best for us. So why not dig deep and feel the emotion with them? It'll make us all more human. So I learned much, you know, on my visit up to the cabin at Pond Farm, and empathy is the most important lesson I learned. Being able to put myself in other people's shoes, 
not go into judgment, and just be with the emotions and feelings swirling around the situation. Somehow the word grace came up for me, although they are different, and I believe we must take an action to become more empathetic. The feeling of empathy and being connected with another person as a result of feeling with them somehow feels like grace to me. By feeling with another person, there's an aura of grace around you that supports and nourishes your soul. So where, where, whether it is grace or empathy, you feel connected to somebody deeper and beyond yourself. And maybe I felt a sense of grace because I made that commitment to take action towards being more empathetic. So the poem uh, for this article is called Darkness. Somehow it works together with, you know, light and dark or, you know, the duality that we live in. It's mostly in our reality and that's gain and loss, happy and sadness, and they're all part of our human experience and we gain uh, character qualities and depth of soul by by experiencing both of those pieces of reality. <clears throat> so this the, the light and dark is certainly our reality on this planet and most planet systems in our galaxy. You know, we have day and night because of our sun and, and most living things have a, a rhythm. Ours is a circadian rhythm and from science we know there are other specific rhythms in our own body. Plus the moon has its own rhythms that affect planet Earth and all its inhabitants. So duality can be a part of life and these forces work together to create our reality. And so I believe we are each here to accomplish our mission by walking through the gate of creativity. So here's the poem, Darkness. And <clears throat> as always, I'll go through it a couple of times Darkness. Coming from the deep womb of darkness, how can I fear it? Darkness, my birthright, pregnantly waiting. You darkness I came from, the deep womb of darkness. Then it was warm and known. Now darkness is seen as scary, the boogeyman. What is there to be afraid of? What is to fear? The birthright, the birthday the coming out into the light, the darkness of only nine months, now a lifetime of living in the light. Do we miss it so much if we are afraid? Afraid to be clothed in darkness again, where we were fed, just being? I want the darkness again. I want the darkness again, not now like I have witnessed, but before the birth of the light before all the struggle for air and breath, before all the struggle for air and breath, I want the darkness to come back again. I want to be held by darkness as before, equally ready for the light, held enough to be ready for the bright lights, the action, the cameras, the showing up fully lit with fire, fire to hold the darkness. 
There's not enough darkness to last a lifetime. I want the dark and light as holy friends. I want the darkness again to sustain the brightness, the fire. Darkness. Coming from the deep womb of darkness, how can I fear it? Darkness, my birthright, pregnantly waiting. You darkness I came from, the deep womb of darkness. Then it was warm and known. Now darkness is seen as scary, the boogeyman. What is there to be afraid of? What is to fear? The birthright, the birthday, the coming out into the light. The darkness of only nine months, now a lifetime of living in the light. Do we miss it so much we are afraid? Afraid to be clothed in darkness again? Where we were fed? Just being. I want the darkness again. I want the darkness again. Not now like I have witnessed, but before the birth of the light. Before all the struggle for air and breath, I want the darkness to come back again. I want to be held by darkness as before equally ready for the light, held enough to be ready for the bright lights, the action, the cameras, the showing up fully lit with fire, fire to hold the darkness. There's not enough darkness to last a lifetime. I want the dark and light as holy friends. I want the darkness again to sustain the brightness, the fire. So I finally feel back on track in this article, and like I said, the podcast will end the Pond Farm Chronicles for now. <clears throat> May happen again next year, I don't know. I'd have to apply again and, and see if I was accepted into that program, the Artist in Residency. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed writing you know, about my experiences and trust you were able to feel some of the experiences that I had. My thoughts and feelings were often about Marguerite Wildenhain, uh, David Stewart, an assistant, and Dean Schwartz, an assistant, and, and my instructor at Luther College in pottery. And they, they always felt close by. Their, their deft hands were ready to point out a, a design or straighten a wobbly rim and, and always ready to support the creative soul. And I salute them. The care that Marguerite infused into the buildings and the place are still felt as a commitment to excellence. Create and be well. And notice at the end of the, the articles on medium.com our list of the podcast platforms. And again, if you're so moved, through the podcast that there are ways to donate to the podcast a monthly fee or a single time donation I believe and um, yeah think about it I don't want to necessarily go to advertisements but uh, anchor.fm is offering them now so it's an option so again create and be well thank you for supporting reading and listening Until next time.